This week, Apple unleashes MacBooks, Google shows off its new pixels, and Facebook is possibly is possibly changing their name. Those are some of the tech news stories from this week, and it's Sunday, October 24th, 2021. My name is Kirk Corliss. And I'm Scott Ertz. And this episode 96 of the GNC Week in Review podcast, proud partner of the Tech Podcast Network, if it's tech, it's here. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. We are live on gncweekly.com slash live, so please be sure to say hello in chat or comment. Also, be sure to like and subscribe to the GNC WIR channel on YouTube. If you missed the live video, that's okay. You can always catch the replay later. If you are a new listener, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast where you can find on the right-hand side at gncweekly.com, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. If you have a comment, be it on social media or email, and that all those links can be found at gncweekly.com forward slash connect. So it's a Sunday, uh, and I apologize. We've been... Been had a break for a couple of weeks, I think. <laughs> I had some medical things going on. Scott had Roboticon going on, which, yeah. by the way, I enjoyed. It. I watched about a few minutes of it. Yeah, I did. I watched a few minutes of it, and I'm fascinated with these kids designing these robots. And I saw the one episode that you guys had um, on about they were doing the uh, CAD design. That was like really oh, yeah. fascinating to see that how they can c- construct like the the mapping and how the robots are going to go from one area to the other i was like really like stunned with everything that was happening during that week that was a lot it sounded like a lot it was a lot of fun and that's uh that's you know a normal part of the 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 game process in this particular case the game design challenge that you're talking about Mm -hmm. is actually for a game that doesn't exist our our CAD challenge team designed a game to be played first robotics competition style on an FRC field. Um, and then teams had to uh, design a robot to play that game and then explain why mm-hmm. they designed that robot and not another one. Mm-hmm. Um, all to play a game that doesn't exist. Um, but in the, in the real world, we do the exact same thing. The kids go through the exact same process to prepare for a season. So it, it was a really good uh, experience for them this year. Cause you know, the last two years have been weird. Right. <laughs> and most of our teams have been completely without a season for two full years, which means right. if you're talking high school, mm-hmm. half of your team has never been to a competition, has right. never designed or built a robot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this was a great opportunity to practice. So yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. And and I saw the and I saw the live the one I think it was like last week where um, I saw the the setup where and I saw the camera. Yeah, I, had your, I saw the, some of the interviews you had, and also uh, some of the events that you had last week. Or so last, last week was alumni week. Um, we oh, showed cool. off we showed off the next robotics challenge, which is my organization mm-hmm. that we created a program for alumni to be able to continue to play games um, on a slightly altered field. Um, and that was that was a ton of fun. We came up with this idea in 2016. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until last weekend that we officially got to show it. <laughs> so it's been it's been a long time coming. Uh, the weekend before that was first robotics competition. Um, 
that was wild <laughs> because normal <laughs> normally we play last year's game mm-hmm. at roboticon well last year's game was the year before's game which never happened um and so we came up with our own games this year um including soccer and I'll put soccer in massive sarcasm quotes because <laughs> it wasn't soccer. It was definitely a demolition derby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the robots flipped over the field perimeter. Oh, jeez! The only thing that kept it from going over completely was it landed on one of my cameras. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is a field the size of a volleyball court. Mm-hmm. And they managed to flip over onto the inch and a half width of one of my cameras. <laughs> Whoa. Holy crap. Oh my so, goodness. You know, things happen. Yeah. Well, and, and all that, it was, but, but again, it, when I saw it, when I watched it, a little bit of it, um, uh, it was, looked like a lot of fun. So a lot of fun. So that's awesome. Okay. So YouTube, I'm also- YouTube, Roboticon Tampa Bay. If people want to see what we've been talking about, all of the stuff from this past month, four weekends. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> but you are. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, like 44 hours of content uh we produced. Mm. I'm tired. I bet. Well, uh, but it's it's all available on YouTube. Robotic Tampa Bay. Definitely check it out. And I know I did, so definitely check it out because it's really interesting. And again, it's fascinating to see these kids like you know, when they uh when kids get into thing into different they pursue different interests and yeah. one of them being computers and coding and designing things. It's, you know, that's awesome to see instead of the, not sitting on their butts, not doing anything and watching TV. Right. Speaking of content and being exhausted and what's going to be, you think we'll be tired now, but CES is coming. It is. Oh. I'm, I'm putting in my, my uh, hardware requests for the studio uh, this week. They've got to be in by Halloween. Um, what we haven't told people yet, mm. and there's going to be a little, little preview here for our, our listeners and viewers is that we're planning on doing it up a little bit this year. Okay. We're kind of going to expand it a little bit since we started this thing, except, except for the first year where we happened to be in the NBC universal booth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've basically done it at a folding table with a black tablecloth. Um, yeah, that. The plan is for that to not be the case this year. That's all people are going to get. Um, Good. I'm going to I'm going to take the uh, the cue of of a local chef uh, who was on Top Chef a number of years ago, Jeffrey Jew. He uh, as he was preparing his new restaurant, he was taking a, taking these very close up photos of mm. things with no context. I think we will be publishing similar things cool. leading up to CES with no context as to what it is we're doing. But well, it's going to well, be a different experience this year than it's ever been before. Well, I know this because with this podcast, um, with this podcast, um, because I had everything registered under for this podcast, but when I, when I, as media for myself, I'm executive producer, as, as all know, all know for Geek uh-huh. Central, I'm executive producer. So when I went to register for the media credentials for GNC Week in Review, I got in. Yay! So, so that's awesome. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. That's, I just, put in. that's just one more thumb in the eye of poor Chris. 
<laughs> right? Uh, so the only person I've known in years to have their credentials decline. <laughs> when I Scott, you have no idea when I put everything in, and I and I was gonna talk about this, but I was off for you know, I was out for a couple of weeks and I was and I was gonna let you know what happened, what I found, what I did. So yeah, I put in everything in and I was like, when I got the exception, the, the, uh, the uh-huh. approval, I was like, I was like jumping like 10 feet in the air. Yeah. I would imagine. And, uh, I remember, I, so I remember the first time we got approved cause it was right at. Uh, uh, yeah. So we were a little worried about it, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's so exciting to get your first approval. Oh, I was so happy. And I put in, you know, I put in GNC Big Review. I did put in Tech Podcast Network, you know, because it, it, technically it is under Tech Podcast Network. So, um, but I, w- I was such a happy puppy. And then I'm like, I'm going to plan things out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got, and then last week, or this, back, this past week, I booked my hotel. Nice. That's in. I'm at the plaza. You're at the plaza. Uh, good. I'm at the plaza. Got a good deal. Um, got a good deal on airfare. I'm leaving Saturday, January 1st. Me too. That's oh, yeah. my okay, plan. cool. Cool. Uh, cool. Unless unless we have to drive some big things out. Mm. In which case we'll be leaving early <laughs> with a <the> car. <laughs> so that way the reason why and see a lot and for those who don't know why some of us leave on Saturday is because Monday and Tuesday is press day or media mm-hmm. day, excuse me. Um, and Sunday usually is we'd set everything up and also, uh, Scott will do the uh, pre-show, um, Sunday evening. We'll so see I what that it. looks like this year. Okay. Since CES is starting a day later, true. we don't know what setup is going to look like. Normally That's we true, set true. up on Sunday, That's true. Uh, but we may not have access to the building till Monday this year. Uh, Robbie hasn't confirmed for me when we'll have access. Oh, okay. So, but I was thinking maybe, um, when I was going to, we'll talk about this afterwards, um, you know, is to, um. You know, because I was thinking, you know, for our end of year, what I can, because I, what was great was, because if you those who don't hit it, watch Plug Us Live last year, there was a, when we were all virtual for CS 2021, um, is what, what I'm thinking is, you know, I had an idea in my head is do a pre show of CES. It's two weeks before, but, mm-hmm. you know, we can bring like, you know, Danielle and Chris and do something. Todd, Todd Marlo. Yeah, yeah, do everything on. That, that night on December 19th. So it'll be two weeks, literally two weeks or two and a half weeks or yeah. so. So that's what I was thinking as far as our end of year show, you know, half of it, you know, do the tech news of the week and then the other half, we can just solely yeah. do that. So that's yeah, what I was that's, thinking. The plan is to do a big TPN CES preview again this year. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what, so basically, basically, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm excited. So I'm really excited for uh, this year. I cannot wait. Everything's booked. Days off from work are booked. Excellent. So I am, I am a happy. I have again. I'm like so like with all this what's going on with me medically. <laughs> everyone's telling me, well, Kirk, you have, you have, you guys have, you guys have uh, CES to look forward to. And like you're right. You're damn right. I do. <laughs> you're damn right. I do. I gotta have something to look forward to. Right, exactly. So all this stuff that goes on in the world and everything this this year has been crazy, just like last yeah. year. But but it's something that but I'm looking forward to it, and we're gonna have a lot of fun. More to come because I know that we're gonna have behind the scenes stuff, and um, and I hope to you know for this for our podcast and and also for our YouTube channel, you're gonna see behind the scenes stuff. We're gonna have behind the scenes of uh, the studio, behind the scenes of interviews and interviews on the floor. We're gonna have to do a lot of cool stuff. So we'll. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that we that we're going to be doing, and and Scott already alluded to some 
tiny bit, but definitely stay tuned. There's the a lot week. more. There's a lot more. And there's going to be our, the live blog, which was awesome because we're going to po- post a lot of cool stuff on the live blog as well. So definitely, um, definitely more to come. Speaking of more to come, and actually, I'm sorry, speaking of things that were like exciting this week, a lot of news this week. Yeah. It's, it's condensed down a little bit um, because um, Scott uh, and Scott uh, got uh, F5LI later on this evening. I actually don't. A little, oh, Tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow. Okay, cool. Okay. So we're good. Good. All right, cool. Time is fine for us. All right, cool. Okay. This will be the last time it's tomorrow. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Back to normal next week. Cool. But Roboticon made it impossible to prep for a show tonight. Yeah, that's not terrible. All right. You did the hard work on this one, so I can do this one tonight. You got it. All right. So yeah, a lot of news this week. So it's a little, again, a little condensed, but it's packed full of stuff this evening uh, on this episode. So first up on Monday, Apple held held this Unleashed event, which was pre-recorded and had CEO Tim Cook in a field, <laughs> in a field away from Apple Park in Cooper in Cupertino, California, which for most people, including myself scratching their heads and why he would have him have him in an event with him in a field which was boggles my mind um so starting off with um airpods are getting an upgrade there's new look spatial audio support the pro lines quote force sensor for controlling music controlling music and calls <clears throat> excuse me and improved sweat slash water resistance Okay. Um, Apple says the battery life has been proved as well, bumping the promised runtime from five hours to six hours on a single charge. The third gen AirPods will ship for $179 beginning this week. Um, now, their Apple had its uh, fast chip with its M1 last year. Um, now they're doubling down with not one, but two M1 chips the M1 Pro and M1 Max. Apple is saying the M1 because, because they have a naming convention and they're not letting it go. Right. <laughs> it is Pro and Max and you can deal with it. Right. <laughs> Doesn't matter right. if it's the iPhone or what. Mm-hmm. Our our products are called Pro and Pro, standard Pro. Pro and Max and, and Max that's what deal with it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Apple is saying the M1 Pro CPU is up to 70% faster than the original M1 with a GPU up to two times faster, 32 gigabyte of unified memory <clears throat> and 200 gigabytes of memory bandwidth. The M1 Max, meanwhile, bumps the unified memory up to 64 gig. <clears throat> Excuse me, both both the M1 Pro, M1 Pro, M, blah, blah. see this, this is a tongue, t- tongue twister. And M1 Max supports up to 10 CPU cores on the GPU front. The Pro does up to 16 core, while the Mac supports up to 32 core. Now they announce the MacBook Pros. Um, there it comes in two sizes, 16 inch or 14 inch. Uh, MagSafe, make MagSafe is back. Bring that back. The Touch Bar is gone. And to be honest with you, when I saw the MacBooks previously, I didn't not, wasn't a big fan of um, of uh, the Touch Bar as well. That's good. Yeah. It's gone. It was one of the first things when they announced it, it was one of the first things that Avram said was going to be a problem for them. Because of course, because nobody buys a Mac on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the people who own them are people who are developers for the iPhone. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason I have one. <laughs> it, But the function keys are the thing you need the most. <laughs> and having like this, 
this constantly changing, you never know what they're going to be uh, mm-hmm. key structure was not going to be a fan. It was not going to be a success for anybody. And he was right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people have echoed that sentiment as well. Um, it also has ports, including an SD card and an HDMI port. Uh, 120 hertz ProMotion support for for similar scrolling. It's got a camera notch. Um, the camera has upgraded 1080p. And see, and that's a lot of people were, uh, were pissed off about the camera notch. Irregardless, if it's a irregardless, it was there. There's still a notch, and it doesn't doesn't give like all the uh, a lot of people are talking about crumbling about like you with the uh, the real the real the screen real estate. It is the most hated feature of the modern iPhones. Mm-hmm. Why would you listen to your customers say, this is terrible, please get rid of it, and then implement it on another product? Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's like, was this in development four years ago, and you didn't know that everybody was going to hate it, <laughs> <laughs> and you just couldn't, it was too late to change? The thing that sucks the most is mm-hmm. that you don't, if you try to do a full screen with an app on a Mac, which is hard enough as it is. Mm-hmm. You don't know how it's going to behave because now developers have to choose. Is it going to go full, full screen and incorporate the notch or is it going to go below the notch and work like a computer? Mm. You don't know. Every app's going to be different. Hooray mm. for inconsistencies. <laughs> right. Hello, Apple. Welcome to Android. <laughs> 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 right. Um, also, the uh, the camera has been upgraded to 1080p. Thank God. They had to do Apple. something to to offset the horribleness of the notch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you have the good, and then there's then they're bad. Then you have the switches to the good. Yeah. With Apple promising double double the performance in low light. Um, the entire audio system is in, has been overhauled with larger tweeters and woofers for improved audio fidelity. The Which 14... makes sense, considering when you when Apple has switched to the M1 series, the entire computer is about this big. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've seen the inside of the iMacs, they are comical mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's nothing inside of them. Um, and so this is going to be the same thing. There's nothing inside of it. So you might as well take advantage of that empty space, fill it with batteries, fill it with better speakers, mm-hmm. something, you know. Yeah, and I was like I said when I was leaning to I'll be back in it. You know, we and I talked about looking. I was looking at a laptop. I was leaning towards getting a MacBook, um, but it was a little too costly for me. So hopefully, maybe you know, I'm gonna probably get one Mac, the lesser known, not the year before MacBooks Pros. I was thinking about getting one before I got the Dell, before I got Dell XPS, and I I love it, but it's just the 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 camera's poor quality. You know, my the camera that I have now on this is not that great, but um. It's you know it's a camera, but yeah, but a a uh, a Logitech C920 for thirty three dollars is a whole lot less expensive than a MacBook. That's true too. Well, no, you I can was put like, that on a tripod. No, that's true too. No, I was no, I was thinking about getting. It was not necessarily the, the camera, but there were, there was a lot of things I I liked about it because um you know the processor um there's a lot of things I wanted in it because then I mentioned you know when I was going to Tom's hardware i mean there's their laptop finder and i was looking what i wanted as far as um as far as um um processing and different programs mm-hmm. and it did it did recommend the macbook pro it did um a lot of different programs that i use especially for you know working on for 
this podcast and, and you know, GNC, you know, there's a lot of things that I wanted. It did recommend the MacBook Pro for mm -hmm. it. A lot of things, a lot of the features I wanted for it. But yeah, they they get a they get a high rating because they get good consumer scores. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a lot of why they're recommended because mm -hmm. um, they get good consumer scores. Although ooh, in the last year or two, they're uh, they dropped from number one to like number six on the laptop mag uh, overall scorecard. Like they. It was a huge drop off. Mm, I didn't see that. I have to look, look at that. But yeah, definitely. I'm probably going to think about maybe possibly getting one. Maybe not this one because it's whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, if you if max out one, it's like over like three to four thousand dollars. Um, yeah, the, it maxes out at sixty four ninety nine. Exactly. That's yeah. Yeah, I was like when I saw that, I was like, holy crap! I need. I, I like one, but no way. Um, I, I could buy two and a half of the replacement of the highest end replacement for my laptop mm. for that. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to happen. No, no, it's not. Um, the 14 inch model will start at 1999 with, while the 16 inch model will start at 2499. Other little tidbits they were announced. Um, um, you know, I'll be able to ask Siri to play different theme playlists, be it Apple music, like a playlist for relaxing dinner parties or hiking. Um, Apple's also introducing a also introduced, excuse me, a new five dollar per month quote voice plan for Apple Music. Um, for what is understanding being reported, it's a cheaper plan for those willing to ditch the interface and use only Siri for queuing up songs. Which is that what people, it is? Yeah, <laughs> I heard about it and I'm like, I don't know what this is. I'm gonna move on. Yeah, it was <laughs> for a lot of people. A lot of people deadpanned it because it's not really worth it, and Siri and a lot of all people saying that Siri sucks when it comes to bring up music oh it's awful yeah and also there's the uh home pod mini with with uh will now come in three new colors dark blue orange and yellow and i don't know if you scott i don't know if you saw the presentation or the photos does it look like a candle to you yes <laughs> okay. it absolutely Good. looks like a candle Good. Good. especially okay. with the new colors Good. okay <laughs> it has <laughs> it has kind of always looked like a candle. Yeah. But but these like this like pastel orange, because Apple has definitely gone pastel at this point. Mm -hmm. All mm -hmm. of their stuff is in this weird new color palette. And that like pastel orange or whatever it is. Oh, right. oh yeah. My mom would have that on the <laughs> on top of the record cabinet, the stereo cabinet at at like Halloween for right, right. sure. That is a, that is a candle. And I can see like the the uh, the little light, you know, flickering. Oh, I'd have to. Oh, if I had one of those in my possession, I would get one of those little battery powered votive candles and set it on top. Right. <laughs> you can't not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw when I saw the when I saw the um the event um I saw the event and I'm I'm just cracking up when I saw that and I'm like that looks like a like a like a, a candle or one of those I can't remember the name of the candle company, um oh was it was it called oh oh Yankee? I just came that's not Yankee but it okay. was um it's something else that there's another candle company that makes candles I don't know I can't get near I, them so okay I I try not to pay attention. <laughs> I just had this weird vision in my head. I, like I said, that all I saw is that when I saw that one orange one, or the whatever the uh, yeah the orange one, you know, I can just picture like that little that little can't that little light flickering bouncing around bouncing around a little bit. Absolutely. 
<laughs> so right. it's important. I want to I want to note a couple of things on the MacBook um, that are important. The return of MagSafe does not mean the end of proper charging. Mm-hmm. Um, the USB C charging still works on the USB C port that is on it, uh, or two USB C ports. I think doesn't matter. Um, you can so if you're if you're upgrading from a machine from a couple. You know, the last, what, two years, three years that I've been charging on USB-C, your charger will still work. Mm-hmm. Um, you just also get access to MagSafe 3, which looks identical to MagSafe 2, so they might be interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. We'll find out. But MagSafe 3, for sure, has um, has higher charging, so it's a faster charge just like the last generation of USB-C charging. Uh, it'll be a faster charge. But my guess is two will work, but not vice versa. You probably can't charge an old one with the new one, but you can probably charge a new one slower with the old one. Just a guess, though. We'll know when we get we see our C1 for real. But that's that's important to know. I really like that the SD card slot is back. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got one on here. I use it all the time. Um, I actually use it during development. <laughs> Uh, on the MacBook all the time. Okay. Um, so it's nice to have that back. And if they're, you know, trying to pretend that Macs are good for production, which they're not. Um, but if you're going to pretend that they are, you have to support SD cards natively. <laughs> it is the lifeblood of the creative. So the loss of that was a really weird choice in, in the last couple of generations, because why it's not like you were trying to save space inside for, and you had to dump the SD card slot. It's the thinnest thing on the computer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't know, but at least, at least we know that the return of MagSafe isn't the end of USB-C, um, which obviously makes sense if the EU goes through with their stuff. <laughs> Which I don't know that we've talked about on the show. That may have happened after our, we took our break. The EU wants to require all devices to charge on USB-C. I think it was before the break, I think. It's been so long. <laughs> yeah. If we didn't talk about it, that's what's coming. The EU okay. wants to require all devices to charge on USB-C. So Apple would be stupid mm. to have tried to remove that. But And so they didn't. Hooray. Well, good news all around, and you know there were some, but a lot of people deadpanned about the did deadpan about the, uh, um, the notch, the notch, and oh. also <laughs> deadpanned again the, with Tim Cook out in the field, and I think I saw oh. a few memes popping up. <laughs> yeah, that was the most. If, if nobody has put the sound of music over top of that scene yet, shame on them. I was envi- I was envisioning like like the movie The Field of Field of Dreams. The apples are coming. The apples are coming. Oh, <laughs> uh, if you build it, they will come. Oh, yeah. Ask ask the Newton how well that worked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. Other news this week, and after all the rumors and leaks that are born muck for many months. The worst Google. kept secret in technology <laughs> for the past. I think it's been going. I think the, these rumors been flying and and, and leaks and it's been almost a year since, since the five came out. Yep, 
Like exactly. Yep. The five right. came out on Tuesday, and the leak started on Thursday. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Google officially announced the Pixel Six and Pixel Six Pro on Tuesday. Um, as the as the rumors have noted, um, the Pixel Six starts at just um, five hundred ninety nine dollars, and the Pixel Six Pro is eight hundred ninety nine dollars. You can order them right now, and it'll ship later this week. The two pixels runs on Google's new Tensor system on a chip, which has two super fast X1 CPU cores, two slightly slower A76 cores, and four A55 efficiency cores. The real magic of the Tensor is the dedicated machine learning hardware. Google's saying features like Assistant and speech recognition are capable of new feats of artificial intelligence voodoo. Um, plus, Tensor can run ML tax locally. So, less of your data leaves your phone. Plus, Both. even more importantly than, you know, less data leaving your phone means it works offline. So, when are you going to need translation services? Ah, when you're not home. <laughs> With- which might mean you don't have a data plan. If you're going traveling internationally, you may not have an international data plan. And so all of a sudden, this thing that you had hoped for, translation services, both voice and visual, oh, they don't work. <gasps> no. <laughs> so so building, building their SOC um, on uh, the TensorFlow uh, framework, the whole SOC is designed around TensorFlow. Um, you know, having that concept uh, means you can do all this stuff offline. Normally you'd have to have a special dedicated board. Um, uh, in fact, if you were watching Roboticon yesterday, we had a couple of conversations about this with SOCOM. Um, and this, this prevents that mm-hmm. you can do it right from your phone. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yep. And both, um, both phones also have a redesigned body with an enormous camera visor on the back, which describes as a as sunglasses for your phone. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Google's new primary sensor is 50 megapixel. And it's I'm gonna, by 12. I'm going to repeat that 50 megapixel. Mm-hmm. Finally, somebody has beaten out Nokia from like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's backed by a 12 megapixel ultra wide in the Pixel 6. The Pixel 6 Pro adds a four-time telephone lens, and it's Google's first periscope cam ever. Um, there are also new features like Magic Eraser, which can remove distracting objects from your photos. You can even recognize and sharpen face in photos. The Pixel 6 has a 6.4-inch 1080p OLED, and the 6 Pro ups that to 6.71 inches at 1440p. The Pro Phone also has a 120 refresh rates or twenty hertz refresh rate, whereas the regular Pixel Six just runs at just ninety hertz. Ninety hertz inside the Pro has more RAM, which is still faster than your eyes. Mm-hmm. Inside the Pro also has more RAM, twelve gig versus eight gig. Along with the announcement about the new phones, it also released Android twelve to the Pixel only masses. That software will be pre-installed in the Pixels, complete with Google's new Material, material U interface. Also announced was Pixel, pa- Pixel Pass. Um, the Pixel Pass subscription includes a phone, 200 gigs of drive storage, YouTube Premium, and more, starting at $45 a month with Pixel 6. 
the Pixel 6 Pro bumps the price up to $55. Pixel Pass subscriptions run for two years, at which time you can upgrade to the latest Pixel. And for record, I've been talking about getting the Pixel 6 Pro. I've ordered mine. I cannot wait. What, what color? Black. Ah, see, <laughs> I want the orange one. I knew you were going to get the orange one. Get the orange one. Nope. I want the orange one. I The first time I saw it, I thought it looked unbelievably stupid <laughs> and i just had to have it yeah i i'm not a color guy i know there's some people that i know you love love colors and everything like that but me i couldn't i'm i like black it's fine i'm just not really a color guy yeah even I'm not even this dumb thing is is blue as blue as an iphone gets right <laughs> yeah i i am so excited i am so and with the it's, Android 12, I downloaded. It's a great looking phone. I uh, yeah, it looks it looks silly, and I love that. I am fine with the sunglasses. I am fine with the fact that the thing above the sunglasses is a different color than the thing below it. Mm-hmm. I, oh, the, the fact that the back is two tone, well, I guess three tone if you take the sunglasses into effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fine with that. I think it's unique. Um, even the black one, the I think the the top slash is like a slate gray to the to the all black bottom mm-hmm. um i i think the two-tone actually looks cool i think it's and something that is like universal i think everybody can get behind the slight two-tone difference i think it's a cool design i do too and, I, and a lot of people were surprised that even including me that it was going to be under under a thousand dollars or 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 it's at, at even the pro version even a pro version, I was like, when I saw when I when I saw the announcement, I was yeah. like, holy crap! I was like, yeah. people were expecting this to be in a thousand dollar range as a yeah. premium phone, and how they but that's never been Pixel's goal. Pixel's no. goal has always been to be an affordable flagship, mm-hmm. um, and they managed to to add all this stuff that Samsung's had for a couple of years, right? right. The mag- what they're calling the magic eraser and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. which. I imagine Apple's going to take issue with because people associate the word magic with Apple products, um, you know, the magic mouse and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. that notwithstanding, um, you know, these are features that Samsung has had for a couple of generations now, um, but they're doing it for like two thirds of the price. Yeah. Which is huge. That's a mm-hmm. massive bonus. Right. Uh, for for consumers it's a good looking phone the mm-hmm. camera is ridiculous mm-hmm. if i was buying a phone simply for a camera abram's already said that this is likely to be an upgrade for him too <laughs> because he uses the camera on his phone for work for for tom's hardware mm-hmm. um he's like this would be a great upgrade for me mm-hmm. this could be i'd be happy to have this as a development phone and to carry it around during things like ces right it, there are so many great uses for this. That's one reason why I got it because, well, that's one reason, but I need, I, cause I, again, I have a pixel three XL and, um, and part of the reason was getting the upgrade was for that solely take photos and video for CES and other things. But, um, but the, as far as like the other things as well, but speaking of like, speaking of Android 12, now I'm going to show you guys, if you're watching live on video right now, if you're listening on audio, I downloaded Android 12. And let me tell you, I don't, I'm not really a big fan because okay. um, 
the bubbles. And let me just get it all screen here like can. Okay. You gotta see, be careful of bubbles. <laughs> yeah, right. So I don't know if you guys can see it. It's well, it's a little very washed out a little bit, but there's all these bubbles here. This is the clock right here. If you kill your if you kill your brightness basically all the way down to nothing uh on the phone, it makes it easier to see. Avery and I learned that a couple years ago. Oh, okay, thanks. Okay. Okay. Because the camera is going to try and auto-correct. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Now I got content. So this is, all these are all bubbles. Everything was all, it used to be straight. Uh-huh. And if you go, okay. So this is the clock right here. This is the clock yep. right here. And the the widgets I have here for Google and everything like that. Yeah. It's all, everything's out. It's like all is coming out and everything, like my calendar. Oh, I don't want to show you my my other stuff here because it's personal. Um, but let me just see if I can do this real quick. Yeah, you uh, got to be you got to be careful. A particular high profile uh, tech podcaster a couple of years ago managed to expose an affair he was having live on air because he was showing off his personal device. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to um, uh, go like go like this. No, I can't do that. No, I'll fix it later. I'll do it later. But yeah, so, so like, you know, these are all, but all these are all bubbles and like a notification bar, it's bubbles. I don't yeah. like it. I'm not a fan of it. It, it is the current design aesthetic. Right. Yeah. I'm not a, it, you're going to see it everywhere over the next couple of years. Yeah. I'm not. So. And as far as like navigating like to apps like before, we can you can up like you upload like when you go up and you can or or um, um, with the different opening up the apps and trying to switch. It's it's a pain. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt. I don't like it. I'm not a big fan. But but you know for the most part, you know everything else is fine. But I I just am not I'm not really happy with the uh, the aesthetics of it. If that makes any sense? Well. That's that's the current trend. So mm -hmm. it is what it is for right now. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to deal with that. All right. Other news this week um, from The Verge: <clears throat> Facebook is rebranding and changing its company name as soon as this coming week. Apparently, uh, Facebook will have a new name that will reflect its focus on creating a metaverse. It's also possibly connected with this unreleased social virtual world reality world called Horizon Worlds. Um, Facebook itself would like to retain the Facebook branding and will be under a new parent company along with Instagram, WhatsApp, and Oculus. Basically, this is this is what Google did, right? A couple of years ago when the parent company became Alphabet, which is a horrible name, but doesn't matter. Uh, and then everybody underneath kind of stayed as they were. Um, I... Naming your corporation after your product is never a great idea mm -hmm. for this reason. Mm -hmm. um, people have not been able to wrap their heads around when Facebook is all capitalized. It means the corporation. And when it's all lowercase, it means the website, which wasn't a great idea either. When they did that is when they should have renamed the company. Mm. That was that was a huge mistake. Uh, missed opportunity. This This should have happened basically when they bought Instagram. <laughs> but before they went public, this should have happened, but whatever. Okay. Well, the bird is saying the name change, the closely guarded secret at the moment. 
and not even all senior leaders have knowledge about it. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg has long talked about wanting to make uh, about wanting to make Facebook a metaverse company, and has been taking steps towards that goal. Uh, early this year, Facebook formed a team dedicated to building a metaverse, and just a few days ago. They talked about adding 10,000, quote, high-skilled jobs across the European Union over the next five years to build its virtual and augmented reality experiences. It also released the Ray-Ban Stories Augmented Reality Smart Glasses in September, and those are god-awful. Yep. <laughs> um, and Gadget reached out, to Facebook for, reached out to Facebook for a statement, and the company spokesperson, uh, Joe Osborne, says, quote, we don't comment on rumor or speculation. Which is corporate speak for yes. Right. <laughs> right. Because otherwise it'd say, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So when they and say, we don't comp, no comment, that is them saying yes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. In no uncertain terms. And probably we're going to keep an eye on this because something tells me it's going to, we're going to see exactly what's going to be the, the name. I would love to know. And I'm kind of curious what you all think, what the, uh, the name is going to be, the new company name or new branding uh for us i'd like to know exactly what, what would be what would be like a really choice name for a new name if you were to if you were to um if you were to pick up a pick a name for facebook or its new name hopefully not something as horrible as alphabet okay <laughs> let me see um i would say if it's a social network hmm but they're trying to expand past social. They're getting okay. into this metaverse, metaverse nonsense. Right, metaverse. Okay. Um, well, I can't say anything about universe. Well, eight, there's AT&T verse or AT, like now. Universe. Universe, right? Can't, yeah, that's, yeah, I can't tell you universe. Um, hmm. Worldverse? No, that's Connect, Connected planet? Connected planet. Actually, there's a website called Connected Planet, actually. Yeah, well, see? It's a good name. <laughs> it's a good name. It's a good name. <laughs> um, hmm. I'm trying to think what would be a good name. Um, if hmm. if you're trying to separate far enough away from the, the products themselves, uh, maybe Connected Ventures, mm-hmm. uh, something like that would be yeah. a, a good thing. But they're going to try and be more clever. And clever almost never equals good. Well, a lot of companies, the company that I work for, um, used took a word from Latin. Um, and I can't remember the other it was one word for Latin and you used the other word. I can't remember the other name of it, but but they they had a focus group and they were throwing out all these names out and they said, Well, we'll try this Latin name versus the Latin name and this other word, and like that's it. And then it stuck. And yeah. some people to this day didn't still, I, still I, can't pronounce it. <laughs> I prefer I prefer Swahili for doing that. Um, I tend to use it for pro, for like development names and not actual product names mm-hmm. or things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Swahili works real well. Um, we built a product that under development was called Tuzo, um, which I believe means something like um, secured or something. And it was a it was an authentication platform. Okay. So, so yeah that that's that's a that's a good well to go to as well is yeah. grabbing grabbing you know not commonly spoken languages in the West. Huh. 
I'm just, I'm still trying to think, uh, for whatever reason, I'm still trying to think of a name. So I'd like to know, like, know what you guys all think. Um, let, let us know, um, genesweekly.com slash connect, a, a name for this company. And it'd be kind of interesting. It'd be kind of interesting to toss around a little bit. Love to love to hear from you guys about it. All right, other news this week. Um, and you got to love how government gets into things. And actually, it's a good thing, maybe. Um the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau wants to know more about how tech giants are using people's financial information. On Thursday, the agency issued orders to collect information on consumer consumer payment products offered by six large tech companies and their, quote, underlining business practices. According to the um, CFPB, the orders were issued to Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, Square, and PayPal. Uh, CFB CFPB Director Rohit Chopra said in a statement, quote, faster, frictionless, and cheaper payment systems offer significant potential benefits to consumers, workers, or families and small businesses in the United States. But payment, but payments businesses are network businesses and contain and can gain tremendous scale and market power, potentially posing new risks and undermining fair competition. The CFPB is looking to, to gather information on a broad range of topics related to payment systems, including how consumer financial information may be shared across products and whether company policies can limit consumer choice. The tech companies didn't merely respond to comment, of course, but the Electronic, Electronic Transaction, Transaction Association which represents all the companies except Facebook, I wonder why, said in a statement that it and its members are, quote, deeply committed to produce, protecting consumer data and digital transactions. ETA CEO Jody Kelly also says, adding, quote, from encryption to tokenization, <clears throat> excuse me, we devote enormous resources to keep keeping digital transactions secure. Part of keeping consumer data safe is protecting against fraud. The digital transaction industry works constantly to detect and address fraud. The industry uses aggregated data, artificial intelligence, and predictive now analytics to analyze digital transactions, looking for system-wide transactional changes as part of its global fraud, fraud detection efforts. Um, Kelly also says that the ETA will work with Chopra and the CFPB on this, quote, important effort. So good on that. I take some issue to, to part of the director's statement hmm. um, that they can gain tremendous scale and market power, potentially posing new risks and undermining fair competition. Mm -hmm. If that were the case, Square wouldn't be on this list because Square came up out of nowhere um, and challenged everybody. And nobody, <clears throat> nobody could say anything about it because they had a new approach, which scared everybody in the industry. And everybody has had to try and follow what Square did. And they came up out of nothing. Mm. So just because people, a company is established like PayPal, because PayPal is who was hurt and scared most <laughs> by Square. Mm. Um, now, I understand they had a lot of funding because they were, they were funded by... Uh, Jack Dorsey, mm -hmm. but, but still as crazy as he is, <laughs> but still, you know, PayPal was the, the establishment in, in this particular case and square square came up with a better idea and smacked him around. 
oftentimes better ideas can break through any scale if done right. And that's what happened with Square. And Square's on this list. So, you know, yes, they're at scale now, but, you know, there's nothing that Square does today that PayPal doesn't, that Chase doesn't, that, you know what I mean? That mm -hmm. there's a lot of companies not on this list that directly compete with Square and right. possibly do it better. And somebody with a better idea, look at PayPal. PayPal came up and scared all the banks. Right, all the credit card processors—they came up out of nowhere because they had a better idea. Then Square came up and had an even better idea. Better ideas oftentimes can beat scale. So I take a little bit of of issue with the statement, but generally, yes, these yeah, companies in particular have a scale that's frightening. Exactly, and and also too with a lot of, we've heard news stories and things of of people hacked and things about nature. Mm -hmm. You know, it's good on. You know, and I'm, you know, the government, you know, has, you know, I always believe that, you know, sometimes government shouldn't be involved in every single thing. Sure. But with this, though, it's good because it's affecting consumers on a watch, sure. you know, from one end of the spectrum to the other. But, you know, I agree with you that especially when it comes to financial, a, when it comes to financial stuff, I'm 100 percent on board with the idea of making sure that these organizations are doing things safely, that they're not mm -hmm. sharing things with one another that they shouldn't right. creating, right. you know, a monopoly ring, for mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. But, but the, the idea that just because somebody's big doesn't mean they can't get knocked down. Ooh, oh, absolutely. Ask MySpace about that. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Definitely. Just because somebody's big doesn't mean a better idea won't knock you off your platform. Mm -hmm. So that that's the part I take issue with the idea of making right. sure that things are, are safe and secure for consumers, hundred mm -hmm. percent. Mm -hmm. Making sure they're not working together to create some sort of a, a monopoly ring, like Apple did with the book publishers, hundred mm -hmm. percent. Totally mm -hmm. on board. <laughs> so yeah. All right, well, speaking uh, well, speaking of Google, um, on Wednesday, um, Alphabet announced that Walgreens is partnering with Wing to bring drone-based deliveries to a portion of Texas's Dallas-Fort Worth region. Uh, the drugstore giant <clears throat> will be the first to take advantage of a new rapid drone deployment system being unveiled by the Alphabet subsidy. In a lead up to this week's announcement, <clears throat> excuse me, Wing has been testing drone flights at the Fort Worth-based Hillwoods Alliance Texas Flight Test Center. In the coming weeks, it will begin test flights in the city of Frisco and town of Little Elm and the surrounding region with future commercial with future commercial expansion expected in the coming months. A representative told TechCrunch, quote, in April of 2019, Wing became the first drone operator to be certified as an air carrier by the Federal Aviation, Aviation Administration, allowing us to deliver commercial goods to recipients miles away. And we got an expanded version of that permission to launch in Virginia in October 2019. Now we're working toward permissions for this expansion, and we'll be conducting and we'll be conducting test plays and demonstrating our new capabilities in the area in the coming weeks as part of that process. Prior to launching our service in DFW, we will work with authorities at, this, at the local, state, and federal levels to secure all the, all the appropriate permissions. In this initial implementation, drones will take off from the Walgreens parking lot. The system, which will effectively use the drones' containers as hangars, can also be deployed on roofs, on, on roofs or next to buildings. Um, Apple that said in a release, quote, 
Until now, this type of service in the United States has been limited to smaller towns where land usage is less crowded and complex. Wings, reliable aircraft, and advanced flight planning and routing capabilities make it uniquely capable of operating a highly automated drone delivery service in more crowded, complex operating environments. I I hate going to a drugstore, and, and it's a pain in the butt to go into the store, wait for your prescription, pay for it. So for me, if there was a Walgreens near me, you know, they're going to start this out small. Bring them down to me. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 here's what i hear alphabet is making a strange decision on where to start this mm-hmm. because it would seem that people in the dallas fort worth area are going to be the ones most likely to shoot these things out of the air <laughs> there is already Especially in Texas, there is already a huge like backlash against the idea of of drone stuff in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can absolutely see people shooting these out of the air. We've had it happen in the past. In fact, I believe there's a an example from Texas of of a drone being over somebody's property. It was too low, um, and so somebody shot it down. Dallas-Fort Worth seems like a weird test to start, a weird (laughs) place to start this test. I had no idea that there was actually people shooting down, wow. Delivery drones, absolutely. It's happened several times. Because... Because they don't take private property into consideration on their routes like a car does that, right. st- that only stays on roads. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, they just fly wherever they fly. And if they're too low, in in a lot of states, it's totally legal to knock them out of the air. I That is, that is true. But I, but I know from what I understand, and I've been following, and ta- Dallas is like the hub for having all these various um having these um uh projects like tesla's down in texas oh yeah um, a lot of a lot of big companies are pl- are putting their putting their um all their money and resources. a lot of companies are moving to texas and, texas and, that's and florida right texas florida and tennessee are your big three right now right where, where tech companies are moving you know so you know i honestly you know but to know that it's odd that they're storing it there, I think maybe because again, you know, they're they're proving ground for Austin, other... right? Austin, test it right. in Austin. Way less likely to get shot out of the air in Austin, <laughs> but but Dallas, I mean, Texas, Texas got open carry, Tech, and and, and Dallas has leaned into it. That is true. <laughs> Because Dallas just, is still cowboy land. That, that is also true. <laughs> it just, yes, I understand tech companies going to Texas, Florida, and Tennessee. I yeah. get it. There's right. a there's a lot of good reason to do so. Yeah. But but testing something that has public perception issues for privacy, like drones mm-hmm. in Dallas, mm-hmm. doesn't know. <laughs> 
Seems like a mistake. Austin, Austin would be the place to do it. <laughs> well, again, I think it's, I think, you know, I think it's great that, you know, I'm fine me, with, I'm fine with the concept. Yeah. I have more than once uh, had, what's the, what's the one that's got a weird name? I don't know. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's a delivery service that either has a relationship with, or maybe is even owned by Uber. Waymo? Um, no, oh. it's a the regular delivery service. I can't remember what it's called, um, but I've used it mm-hmm. um, to get stuff from uh, from CVS and or Walgreens. Uh, DoorDash? Nope. Oh, okay, I'm just I'm just grabbing. My I can't. No, it's got a stupid name. Okay, <laughs> I can't think of what that stupid name is now. Um, but even during even during like MetroCon, I uh, I had, oh, I thought that was going to work. I tried to build it into a sentence. Uh, <laughs> I I had I had some uh, stuff delivered from a CVS to where we were staying during the convention because that's when I hurt myself. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I I totally understand, totally understand the idea of not wanting to go to the the grocery store if we yeah. could have if we could have had. Uh, you know, CVS or Walgreens easily deliver to the condo during CES 2020 when mm. mom was sick. Mm. Um, that would have been great. Yeah. Instead, uh, instead, Linda sent one of her people to go get it for her and take it to the condo, which was the nicest thing ever. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I get the concept. Yeah. The you know, it just the position. Adding, it is the positioning of positioning of having one area where I. Again, this is news. I didn't know that they shot him out of the screen. Oh, I follow drone stuff. Yeah. Real close. Because it's it, it's the current Wild West, right? Mm-hmm. Is is drones. Um, it's the thing. It's the reason why, even when I was a kid, I basically said, no, flying cars are never going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> because you can barely trust people to drive on predetermined paths when they're physically mapped out on the mm-hmm. ground. Mm-hmm. People still run into each other and telephone poles and things. Now you're mm-hmm. going to put people in the air where the things where you have to just know where the theoretical roads are. No, that's never mm-hmm. going to happen. Right. You're going to be over somebody's house and run out of gas. No flying cars are never going to be a thing. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and so it's the exact same thing. I mean, they're smaller, but you know, if one of these things comes down, it can still do damage to your house, your car, your deck, right? You know, so I follow it real close because it is a is the wild west right now. I had I, no idea. I'm gonna. Have I got to one in the living room. You yeah. know, I I have one in the living room, a really nice one, but I'm not flying it over people's backyards yeah. because privacy issues. And yeah, exact same thing here. And in Texas, oh, privacy issues can be dealt with, which, which seems like a problem. Right. I can see. I That's mean, I guess c- there. I guess there's again. I think for me, I guess maybe you know, it's all about convenience. I think that more mm-hmm. a lot of days is like you know, the for these drones or having delivery services offered to you. Whereas back in the day, you're basically screwed. Absolutely. So and when you're sick, you're homesick. Right. And now you've got to go get medicine. Mm-hmm. Worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. How are you going to do that? 
Right. Exactly. <laughs> you can't. Exactly. You can't. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna roll. You're gonna lay down on the sidewalk and roll to the the CVS. Right. No. Oh, the the CVS. You're just gonna suffer. You're the, just gonna suffer. The CVS near me. When I was out, when when I was out of work for a week, and I had to get medication, and I was already, I was like in so much pain, and you know, driving, and oh. You know, I don't mind, you know, doing everyday tasks like that, but something like if I were to get, there was a drone for the service and I don't have a, a thing with, with Walgreens, but it was, it was CVS, but if I were to change up and if there was a drone, <laughs> sign me up. Absolutely. <laughs> sign me up. Absolutely. I'm just worried about the, the privacy issues. If they're going to fly over the roads, okay, we can right. have that conversation. Right. Or they're going to fly real high. Maybe we can have that conversation, but, right. but you know, drones flying over your backyard, I'm likely to try and take it down right? if it's low enough. <laughs> so <laughs> I can definitely see somebody in Dallas trying to take it down if it's coming over their property. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, it's just a weird choice of place is, yeah. is my point. Austin would make more sense if you were going to try it in Texas. Yeah. Um, Somewhere like. Yeah, somewhere like San Francisco, San Diego, if you're mm-hmm. going to try it somewhere yeah. where, you know, privacy is kind of already a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, whatever. I, I like the, I like the idea. There are going to be implementation issues that yep. I think they're going to have to suffer. Yes. And hopefully, well, I'm, <laughs> hopefully, I'm not going to see this happen. You know, there's going to be any shooting starting in Texas. And, the news, and again, all right. Um, also, this week was earnings week, and there's a few, a couple of news highlights from the quarter. AT&T, again, saw uh, wireless customer returns to service and amid aggressive promotions, particularly for the iPhone 13, as overall profit surged in the third quarter. The company posted a net gain of 928,000 postpaid customer, phone customers wow. or people with higher credit scores who pay their bills at the end of the month. Which is said was the highest level in more than 10 years. AT&T was among the carriers offered a free a free iPhone 13, 13 Pro or 13 Mini with an eligible trade-in. On the immediate side, AT&T says global subscriber base of HBO, HBO Max subscribers was 69.4 million, up to 12, 12.5 million over a year ago. And up one, by. Up by. Up by, not up to. Up yeah, up by up by <laughs> which is which is an impressive statistic yeah. right that 12 and a half million new subscribers in a 12 month period is insane mm-hmm. um but you know that that accounts for like a 30% increase over its over its position la- mm-hmm. this quarter last year i mean that's a huge gain, especially when you take into consideration. I can't think of a single thing that I would subscribe to HBO Max for. That makes it even more impressive to me. Well, I have, well, I have HBO, but I have HBO Max with, with the because of it. So, yeah, and I'm cu- I'm curious. I'm curious what percentage of that is is hardline subscribers that get HBO Max, and how much of that is people who are subscribed non hardline. That's a good question. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. I watched all the, um, 
the new series, but um, not the oh, excuse me, the old series. So, which I'm still getting caught up on. So, um, uh, domestically, its base grew to 45.2 million from 38 million a year ago. Um, so, that means the majority of its growth was in the United States. Yep, exactly. During its third quarter earnings announcement on Wednesday, Verizon revealed that, quote, more than one in four consumer wireless phone customers now have a 5G cable device. And, and 16 of them get to use it. <laughs> right. And I don't, I, <laughs> right. And I have Verizon wireless and I don't have 5G. Um, in July, the company said I had upgraded, quote, approximately 20% of its wireless customers to the new devices. The continued boost in 5G adoption once again helped grow Verizon revenue in a quarter. The carrier reported an adjusted earnings per share of $1.41 on revenue of $32.9 billion. Um, This analysis uh, analysis, uh, pulled by Yahoo Finance expected an EPS of $1.36 with revenues of $33.2 billion. Shares of Verizon were up more than 2% in morning trading. That makes sense. So... Mm -hmm. So their their actual revenue was a little lower, but their profit was actually up. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's that means that they they found some way <laughs> to fix profits while still trying to roll out five G nationwide and all these other big expenditures. They still managed to cut uh, something somewhere. That's right. that's impressive. Right, and they also aggressively encouraged five G five G phone upgrades, and I spent the last few months rolling out upgrade offers to new existing customers. Which it costs has- them, by the way, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because because trying to keep an existing customer with a discount on a phone is is a loss. Mm-hmm. And even with the aggressive promotions, they still managed to cut something, right? <laughs> and beat expectations. Mm-hmm. And it also incentivize the moves by offering deep discounts on new devices if consumers are willing to trade in their current phones. And sign up for or switch to one of their pricier unlimited plans from known as Do More, Play More, or Get More. Um, the, the promotions seem to be working. Um, during the company, during a quarter, the company's consumer division reported a net addition of 423,000 wireless postpaid numbers, postpaid customers. Of that number, 267,000 were phones and 223,000 were, quote, other connected devices. The carrier lost sixty-seven thousand tablet users during the period. That's not ex- that's not unexpected. Everybody's losing tablet customers. Yeah, um, connected, connected tablets are becoming less and less popular, and uh, 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 pocket uh, MiFi type devices are becoming more popular because you can use it across devices. the The idea of a directly connected tablet or laptop never made sense to me because it mm-hmm. doesn't cost any less. You get more this way. Yep. Yep. Um, postpaid accounts belonging to customers to pay their bills in the month are valued more highly by the Muslim community as a key metric for carrier success. Revenue from the company's consumer wireless division was $14 billion in a quarter, which has which which it says is a four percent increase from 2020. In its business business division, Verizon said it had 276,000 wireless postpaid net additions, of which 162,000 were phone users. Wow. Mm. That, that means both statistics are pretty flat, half and half, on right. on proper phones and uh, and basically MiFi devices, connected devices, watch, watches, 
MiFi's, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. They're going half and half on that mm-hmm. across both consumer and business. That's interesting. And lastly, Beyond Wireless, the company said, had a net addition of 98,000 consumer Fios Internet users, which it lost 68,000 Fios video, Fios video customers as people continue to cut the cord. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of that. Yeah, and again, if it was me, because I have Fios TV and Internet, if it was me, <laughs> get rid of it. I, I can't. Yeah, I tried to get rid of my, my uh, TV package, mm. and... The, the local carrier uh, said, well, for for 10 bucks, we can give you 10 channels a la carte. And I'm like, deal. Right. <laughs> that I'll take. Mm-hmm. I can choose a- any 10 non-premium channels. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm in. <laughs> That's way better than actually paying for cable. Yeah, a great deal. Yeah, I, and I think a lot of companies, including more likely Verizon, is going to because I know that they do do offer that in their, in their plans, where they'll only have like certain channels a month and are going to expand them more and more and more. So, but I, I think a la carte's a great way to go. It I, is. I, I agree. I know. I know that carrier fees and stuff mm-hmm. for a long time prevented that concept, but uh, Dish Network and Directv. Um, kind of threatened that at one point um, because they started only paying carrier fees on the stations that were subscribed to because they had the packages. Right. And so then dish, I think it was dish network said we want to do an a la carte. And so they negotiated for that for carrier fees and it worked. Um, And as soon as that happened, I'm like, Oh, that's coming to cable. There's no way as these contracts end, that doesn't come to cable. (laughs) And it's starting to to head that direction. Yeah. So that's a good thing. I that's mm-hmm. absolutely a good thing. Uh a la carte is the way to go. Cause I yep. I only watch like six networks unless something big's happening, and then the other three get thrown in there. Yeah. I only want I usually I stream everything late for me, my wife and my my mom, um, they mm-hmm. watch regular TV. But for me, I stream Hulu, Amazon Prime, um, HBO Max, um, and Paramount and paramount plus and yeah but if it was was me personally and you know happy wife is a happy life (laughs) for sure i would get you know i would get rid of uh the get rid of everything just in this industry um speaking of cable speaking of cable um comcast is going direct to consumer offering streaming tv service to consumers across the u.s including outside traditional service areas with, with x class tv it's a new line of smart television sets are built for streaming. For the first time, excuse me, Comcast streaming entertainment platform will be available to consumers across the U.S. without an Xfinity subscription. The X-Class TVs are built by Hisense and priced at starting at $298, which include 12 months of NBC Universal's Peacock Premium with ads. Normally, it's $499 a month for no extra costs. Live pay, live pay TV services available on the platform at launch include Hulu, Hulu Live TV, YouTube TV, and Dish Network Sling TV. The sets also will provide access to streaming services including Netflix, HBO Max, Hulu, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime Video, and YouTube, as well as free ads for services including Comcast, Zumu. If I'm responding, I apologize. Viacom's CBS's Pluto, Fox's Tubi, and Amazon's 
IMDb TV. In the next few months, Comcast is saying it will launch pay TV streaming services from Xfinity and Charter Communications on X-Class TV. Those, however, will be only available to consumers located in Comcast and Charter cable service areas. Comcast team with Hisense to bring the first X-Class TVs to market in the U.S. The smart TV models include an integrated interface and voice remote access and voice remote to access live and on-demand live and on-demand streaming content from hundreds of apps and services. The first class, first X-Class TVs from Hisense are available in select Walmart stores and in the coming weeks through walmart.com. Sam Schwartz, Comcast's chief, chief business development officer, says, quote, we're thrilled to bring our award-winning entertainment experience to smart TVs nationwide and for the first time offer consumers inside and outside of service areas service areas a simple way to navigate their live and online content, whether streaming, whether streaming or cable. Um, Hisense X-Class TVs are available in 43-inch and 50-inch 4K Ultra HD models pricing at $298 and $348 respectively. They include support for Dolby Vision HDR and HDR10, and it can enable the pass-through of pass-through of Dolby Atmos from compatible content sources when a TV is connected to a compatible audio device. Um, David Gold, president of Hisense USA, said in a statement, quote, as a rapidly growing brand in the U.S., Hisense is committed with not only to not only committed not only to quality products, but also to providing an array of options for our customers. We're excited to partner with Comcast to bring the first X-Class TVs to market in the U.S. Um, I don't think that Comcast understands their place in the market. They managed to beat out Electronic Arts as the most hated company in America. So if, you're, <laughs> so if you're going to buy a Hisense television, are you going to buy a Comcast branded one? <laughs> hmm. It seems like no to me. That, that seems like... I'm just going to go with the Hisense one because I'm either going to get Roku built in, which I know what I'm getting, mm -hmm. or I'm going to get Google TV built in, which again, I know what I'm getting. Mm -hmm. Whereas with this, this is another platform on which uh, developers are going to have to build and deploy apps. If, if somebody's going to abandon something, it's going to be this. But playing devil's advocate, wouldn't it be... Wouldn't it be great for like they're getting all these 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 services? Wouldn't that be great to have that on a on a high sense? Versus well, I mean, you already can. Good point. Through Google okay. TV or Roku that are Fair built enough. into high senses TVs normally. Fair enough. This is a third development platform. Mm. Well, more than third, because you've also got Amazon Fire Sticks. You've got Apple right. TV. There's all right. these platforms, uh, L LG's WebOS. You've already got these platforms that you're building your apps for. Now mm. you've got this other one mm. that is owned and operated by the most hated company in America. <laughs> the fact that they have any of these services already is amazing to me. Mm -hmm. But if 
if any of them start having issues, right? They start having to scale back. Let's say, let's say Pluto, right? Mm -hmm. Because I can't imagine that thing stays around forever because how could it possibly? The 22 people who use it can't possibly generate enough revenue for that thing to stay going. So you're going to have to start cutting platforms at some point. Mm -hmm. This is, seems like the place to start. Mm -hmm. It just seems like a bad idea from a consumer standpoint to jump on a new thing that doesn't sound like it offers anything new. Okay. So devil's that's my thing. I, so, I don't know what this is offering that's new that would draw me as a customer into it. That's that's what I don't know. Okay. Well, here's my thinking. Maybe my maybe I'm kind of reaching a little bit, but do you think that Comcast, maybe Comcast is basically want to offer because they're including they have Peacock because that their service. So maybe it's, right. it's prudent that okay, we have con we have we have Peacock, which we already which we already own. Uh -huh. So let's team up with a manufacturer and can maybe win over people that have the Roku's and the sticks and bring it all in one circle. Maybe, but I can do all that in my existing ecosystem. And it doesn't matter which one because upstairs, right. I, uh, upstairs, I've got an LG WebOS because I had to, it was the last WebOS product I didn't own. Mm. <laughs> in here, I've got, you know, the, the TV that used to live over here that sometimes still does. Uh, <laughs> um is is has Roku built into it. I've got a Roku in in my bedroom. I've got the Xbox in my living room. I mean, I'm a little spread out, mm -hmm. but I'm unusual. Most people lean into a thing. They go Apple TV, they go Roku, they go WebOS, Google TV, whatever, mm -hmm. and they stay there. Right. Unless there's some big thing that makes it attractive. Right. The price, in fairness, makes it attractive. Not mm. going to lie. A 43-inch yeah. uh, Ultra HD for 298 mm -hmm. with $60 worth of Peacock included? Mm -hmm. Okay. That, right. That's attractive from a price right. point. But what right. if I already have a Roku in the house or a Amazon Fire Stick? I'm not going to want two things. Because for a couple bucks more, or maybe even less on Black Friday, mm -hmm. depending on what Black Friday looks like this year, um, right. I might be able to get one for less that's already Roku powered right. and already in my ecosystem. It's just, it's a weird, I don't know. I don't know what recommends this other mm -hmm. than that, that impressive price point. But yeah, a Hisense TV or a TCL TV is already in that price point normally. So I don't know what recommends it. Yeah. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have some work to do to sell people on this, unless unless that TV is gonna be like a buck seventy nine for Black Friday, in which case they can get themselves because that's what TCL did, right? That's how they that's how they established themselves in the United States was they were the Black Friday TV for like two or three years. If Comcast wants to do that with Hisense, maybe mm -hmm. they can establish themselves. I don't know. I, it seems like an uphill battle to me and one that I don't know what it's worth because you're not making money on TVs. You haven't made money on TVs in 20 years. Mm -hmm. So why? What, what's in it for them? I, right. What's in it for them and why 
why take the time? Why not just go Google TV? <laughs> mm-hmm. I know what's in it for high sense, right? right? They're getting paid by Comcast for every TV. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think maybe uh, I think that Comcast wants to offer everything to their customers. And I think too, maybe their play, maybe their play might be is that when they offer customers, you know, a new new service, um. They're probably say, well, did you know that you get com- not only can you get this, you got yeah, Peacock. They'll talk. They'll talk about Peacock. Talk up about Peacock. But it's coming also- first to X Class TVs. This new service, right. this new content coming first to X Class TV exactly. and Xfinity subscribers. Exactly. And what they're going to do is like a lot of what the customer Comcast reps maybe or sales representatives are going to probably put that in a package for a customer, and they'll think, wow, it's a great deal that I can get this this yeah. this is and this and not even realize because i can lease an apple tv from from spectrum Sorry. instead of a cable box mm-hmm. i can i can lease an apple tv or i can lease a television mm-hmm. i get okay okay there are places where there's there's some possible right some possible tie-in for Comcast. Now they just have to sell me as a consumer on it. Exactly. That's the that's the key, and that's going to be the hard part because people are already in their in their ecosystems. Right. How do you exactly. get somebody to switch from Android to iOS or from mm-hmm. iOS to Android? It's a exactly. hard sell. And exactly. now you're going to do it in your living room. Ooh, mm-hmm. harder sell. That exactly. seems like a hard sell too. Yep. Especially exactly. to a new unproven ecosystem. Right. Unless, yep. of course, this is built. This is a, a a UI on top of Google TV, in which case all of this is null and void. Right. Viewpoint. Yep. See, like the way you're thinking. See, there you go. All right. Uh, the Verge is reporting the union representing film production crews has avoided a strike with an agreement that will see its members paid up to 30% more on streaming productions. In an informational brief, IATSE tweeted, that wages will increase for long-form, episodic, and miniseries of up to 30%, depending on the classification. Those both depend on the size of the issuing company, with rates higher for services with 20 million or more subscribers. Long-form production between $20 million and $32 million uh, used to get discounts if they're headed to streaming services, but that will no longer be the case. On top of the... On top of higher wages, members will also will also see improved workplace conditions. That includes employee employer funding of health and pension plans, along with revised terms for producers that tend to rely a lot on overtime. In addition, in addition, the union is stating, "quote Workers under the IATSE basic agreement across the U.S. will be entitled to the same sick leave benefits as California members." Now, it's important to note that this is a temporary agreement. Right. It has um, to be voted on by a un- union. Well, the union was hoping to essentially use this as an opportunity to renegotiate the overall contract with its members. And that's not what happened. Right. Um, what happened was an agreement was reached to patch the existing contract. Um, and so when the contract expires on this, I think... In mid 2023, um, actual negotiations will happen. Um, a new contract will go into place, um, but they do have the leverage of this being in place as a patch now to be able to ask for it again. Um, essentially, 
this is a test um, to see what comes of it, whether or not it becomes a problem for the production companies. Do they start charging Netflix more? Does Netflix stop producing as much? Because this is all about Netflix. Mm-hmm. We can pretend that this is about the streaming industry. Nobody cares about about Peacock and HBO Max when it comes to this contract. Everybody cares about Netflix and Disney mm-hmm. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt's, uh, I'm, yeah, Disney Plus doesn't have as many subscribers as HBO Max. Mm-hmm. The production companies don't care. It's <laughs> it's about how they get paid by Disney and uh, and Netflix. And so if Netflix and Disney aren't interested in paying the higher production rates, because obviously production costs are going to go up. Uh, if they're not interested in paying it as much, uh, then maybe maybe the the streaming companies have some some fight back against the union. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think mid twenty twenty three is when the existing contract expires. I that's completely coming from memory from a story that happened a week and a half ago. Well, so I don't remember for sure, but I think it's mid 2023. So this is basically they're giving themselves just under two years to experiment with this and make sure it works, yeah, which I think is the best way to do it. Yeah. From experience, a lot of the union contracts um, that I'm aware that I, where I am known of, it usually is, is three years. Usually um, they do usually back in the day. This one um, was longer. I, I at C tends to do longer contracts um, because the rules tend to fall in their favor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, so, they so they, they try to lock them in. Yeah, that's the, that's the key. But also too, a lot of times um, they, from what I understand, usually it's um, because a lot of things, because what happens is like with before back in the day with the um, it's five years, but within that, within those five years, um, things do change and they do make recommendations and re- revisions um so with this um something tells me it's going to be it's going to be a th- more likely it's going to be a three-year either either it's, a three-year contract or it's ja- january a- january 1st 2023 is when the current contract expires december 31st okay. 2022 at midnight so january 1st 2023 oh, okay. uh, i thought it, i thought it was july 1st but it's january 1st the j's got stuck in my head got um okay. so so we're in the middle of a contract. I don't remember yep. when it started, but we're in the middle of a contract and this is when it ends. Uh, okay. um, so uh, they patched the existing one and then the agreement, a new contract will be created starting January 1st, 2023. They're basically using the next 14 months to experiment to make sure that this works for everybody. And then they'll go back to the drawing board and, have conversations for a more permanent solution. Yeah. Well, speaking of Netflix, um, some 142 million households around the world watched Squid Game in its first four weeks of release. Um, Netflix is saying that on Tuesday, making the Korean language show the streaming giant's quote biggest TV show ever. Netflix is saying the show's success exemplified how it has built, quote, deep relationships with creative communities around the world to produce local TV and film in approximately 45 countries. The limited series about indebted people in a deadly contest for a cash prize, capturing the, quote, cultural zeitgeist. This is from Netflix saying in a shareholder letter, a letter announcing its third quarter results. 
The show's, quote, mind-boggling viewership boosted its number one spot among Netflix programming in 94 countries, including the U.S. Netflix says demand for consumer products to celebrate the fandom from Squid Game is high. And those items are on their way to retail now. And I have I've seen about maybe five minutes of Squid Game Squid Games. <laughs> I I couldn't watch it. it <laughs> I couldn't watch it's it. an ex, it's an extended version of an episode of Sliders, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorites, but not because of the show, because of somebody who's in the episode. Uh the trailer looked terrible. The the uh, the voiceover looks like a '60s Godzilla movie. Like it's so poorly done. I it seems so like late late night sci fi channel low budget like Shark versus Anaconda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, mm, no, that doesn't look interesting at all. I, I have no interest in it. It simply does not look good to me. No. I have been baffled by the interest in it because it just doesn't look like a good series. Nothing about it seems to recommend it. You know, and you, when me. you watch it, and when you watch it, like when there's a trailer for a movie or, or, or a TV show, usually the tra- trailer is intriguing. You're like inclined to watch it. I watched the trailer. I was somewhat inclined, but then when I saw the first episode or five minutes of it, <laughs> like I'm thinking, and I was thinking along the same, thinking the same lines as you. Who? What is the the the, the fascination with this? Is is mind boggling to me? Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, well, they got so. But whatever other yeah. people do, whatevs. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, and rounding up the uh, rounding up the uh, the Netflix uh, <laughs> Netflix um, s- stories of the week, we have what's coming to Netflix in November. So we have um, rounding November first. You have the Claus family. No, Jump Street. No, that, I just want to point this out real quick. November 1st, we have a Christmas movie. Just I I just had to get that out there. <laughs> yep. People are still gonna have cobwebs on their doors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have Twin Jump Street, Adam's Family Values. Adam's Family Values, wasn't that already on Netflix? I think it must have gone away at some point. <laughs> I've definitely watched it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Oh, Angry Birds season four. There's so much happening there. I didn't know that there was an Angry Birds show. I and didn't know there were four seasons. There are four seasons. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, what, what is 60 Days In? And how can there possibly be six seasons of something called 60 Days In? That sounds like a self-limiting <laughs> series run to me, but that's okay. Mm. Rom Stoker's Stoker's Dracula. That's good. Uh, oh, this is not as good as last month. Johnny Mnemonic. I mean, if you're in the mood for 
an acid trip on your television. Mm-hmm. Oh, the last action hero. Oh, that was terrible. Agreed. I have ne- I have only once considered asking for my money back at a theater, and that was it. <laughs> People I was with loved it. Mm-hmm. I was I. It was kind of the end, the beginning of the end of the friendship. snakes on a plane oh not a not a movie that's gonna work out well for me Mm. oh there's just you remember when we did this last month yep and it was just excitement (laughs) after excitement after excitement and then (laughs) lords of scam not gonna lie that sounds like an interesting documentary on the third. I mean, it could be terrible. Right. November 5th, Big Mouth season five. Okay. Finally, we've hit something that's interesting, but I knew that was coming. So it's not a revelation to me, but I'll pretend like it is. <laughs> uh, this is, oh, Father Christmas is back on November 7th. More Christmas movies in November. Wow. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm not looking at your screen, but we're at the same place. Shame on Netflix. Mariah's carries all Mariah carries all I want for Christmas is you. Nope. I don't even know what it is. I don't know what it is. And my stomach hurts. <laughs> It's really interesting to me that Survivor season 16 and 37 are headed to Netflix. Doesn't CBS have its own streaming service? Yes, it does. (laughs) And it's on Paramount Plus. Yeah, I know. It's initially the reason why I subscribed. (sighs) Oh, boy. Johnny Test's Ultimate Meatloaf Quest. <laughs> I see this is why see this is why we should have bonus content. I'm definitely gonna we're definitely gonna bring this up again. Have bonus content for package this, you know, for future episodes or special episodes. <laughs> Some of them this is <sighs> tear along the dotted line. What could that possibly be? I don't know. I'm going to open it over here. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Tiger King Season 2 is coming November 17th. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, that is lightning you will not capture in a bottle <laughs> twice. I'm sorry. <laughs> that that was a success, not necessarily because of what it was. Mm-hmm. That was a success because of when it was. Mm-hmm. That was a success because people were locked in their homes. It was new content and it was weird beyond belief. If that had released six months earlier, nobody would know Joe Exotic's name. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tear along, tear along the dotted line. A cartoonist in Rome with his armadillo for a conscience. I'm done. <laughs> I don't need to read any further. Thank you, Netflix. You have made it very clear that this is not made for me. <laughs> the Cowboy Bebop series. Uh, 
is hitting on the 19th, which is supposed to be a decent adaptation. We'll see because all the other ones have been painful. Um, I'm sorry. I had no idea that Netflix had produced a movie adaptation of Jonathan Larson's Tick, Tick, Boom. I didn't even know. Uh, Tick, Tick, Boom was Jonathan Larson's uh, first major stage show before uh, Rent. Okay. Okay. Andrew Garfield and Vanessa Hudgens. That's going to be an interesting. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. This will be the first time in a long time that I will be awake at 3 a.m. for the release of a thing on Netflix. Because I have always loved Tick, Tick, Boom. I think it's a brilliant production. And I had no idea that this was happening. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, and if you go down, um, <clears throat> what's leaving Netflix, <clears throat> a couple seasons of Survivor. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Season 20 is leaving on November 14th and season 28. Mm. Pulling 20 off of Netflix is a good move because season 20 is one of the best. Okay. I have to, I, I think I watched one season. I'll have to probably check it out because I haven't seen, I only seen one season of Survivor and I think it was the first year. And I think, um, so, okay. They got, they got real good for a while. And then this season, they're like, you know everything you loved about Survivor? Forget that. We're doing something different. We're not even going to do it for the same number of days. Mm. Nothing you know about the show exists. And Mm. it's horrible. CBS, fix it. (laughs) Do not do another season this bad. Please go back to the formula that has worked for the last 21 years. Because this is not it. This does not work. This is terrible. I think I'm two episodes behind because I can't bring myself to care that much. <laughs> Normal. You were less than like five seconds ago. You were like dead serious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, <sighs> it's hard to watch somebody ruin a franchise that works and has mm-hmm. worked for so long. Right. right. It's, it's one of the most watched television series of all time. Mm-hmm. It works because because the thing works. Yeah, mm-hmm. they throw in little changes. Yeah, every couple seasons, there's a new weird little twist, but not. Pre- and Jeff Probst, the host, says at the beginning of the first episode, "This is season forty-one, but drop the four, think of the one, because this is a new survivor." And I'm like, oh that's not gonna work out for you bud <laughs> and if you look on online everybody agrees bad idea go back <laughs> it's not good all right well I'll, we'll have to bring myself to, <coughs> to see it oh chef is leaving on november 30th <laughs> that's a good series anyway sorry okay. no that's okay that's all right that's all right all right. So again, I think, you know, because we've been talking about it, and I think that, you know, I definitely, as far as like special content, you know, for the podcast, I definitely, yeah. you know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to put a pin on it. I'm definitely going to 
like when I come when we come across it, I'm gonna p- put everything together, you know, with um, uh, you know, with Prime and um, Hulu and what have you. That's yeah, I'm definitely gonna, we're definitely gonna do that. The more I the more we talk about it, yeah, you know, it needs and, to happen. Yeah, we have to do that. Definitely have to do that. Probably, uh, definitely in the new year. Definitely gonna do that. All right. All right, with that, um, that is Tech News for this week for Sunday, October 24th, 2021. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. Show notes can be from this episode can be found at gncweekly.com. Also, be sure to check out the last tech news and commentary from geeknewscentral.com. And be sure to tune in Mondays and Thursday evenings at geeknewscentral.com slash live for the Geek News Central podcast. There is a programming note. I'm going to be guest hosting tomorrow's episode, um, which is going to be audio only. Um, Todd's away. So he'll be, then he'll be back um, this coming Thursday. And then be sure to tune in and watch at gncweekly.com slash live. Going forward, everything, <laughs> with everything going well with me and, and with, you know, with, with Scott, since there's nothing else going on until January, Friday evenings, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So please be sure to like and subscribe to the GNC WIR channel on YouTube. Also, please make sure to click on the bell and always select, uh, always select notifications so you will not miss the next episode. Also, be sure to share this episode with people you know and check out the podcast. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your podcast app. And be sure to tune in to F5 Refresher Technology with Scott and Abram Pelch tomorrow evening, 9 p.m. Eastern. Yep. Okay. Um, at f5live.tv. Join us. And then going forward. Back to Sundays. Right back to Sundays. Um, or be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. If you have a comment on this week's episode, we would love to hear them. Um, head on over to gncweekly.com slash connect and connect via email, Twitter, or Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm at Kirk Corliss. Scott is on Twitter at triple T M A B O till the next episode of GNC week in review. So long. Ciao.